Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hotcast. I am your host, managing editor at Hot Time and Old Time Repetition. Joining me, as always, is my erstwhile co-host, RJ. RJ, how are you doing? It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I mean, um, we've had really bad weather. We've had really hot weather. and uh, But you know what is hot, though? What's hot? <laughs> What's hot, RJ? The, the Chicago Fire. Let's go, RJ, with the segue. I've been waiting for that for four years. I've been waiting four years for you to do a segue. Into a proper segue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's uh, get right into it, shall we? Enough with the small talk. We have a winner to talk about. The Chicago Fire beat DC United at home. Their first win in three months. RJ. I don't feel too good about it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, what, it was. What do you think? What What are your thoughts? And since, since you did the segue, you get to lead off the show. I was watching the game live, as you know, of course, or it's probably going to be my last home game for a while. But um, it was it was awful. It could have gone either way. I mean that 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 Fabian Herbert's goal, you know, was it was just pure luck. It, I think I think someone posted like a meme on the hashtag or whatever, but um, it was like two bums just fighting each other, and that's sad because these are two historic, you know, Eastern Conference, you know, big shots, and that whole game was just a mess. I mean, the fire were you know, they were in a better shape. I mean, defensively, you know, they were on par. I mean, we'll talk about you know. Sea shows at um Wine Omsberg you know, later in a bit, but it was just a mess from both teams. I mean, I originally thought it was going to be a draw, or you know, there was going to be one fluke goal from one team, and you know, there was one fluke goal. I mean, that's just my overall, you know, my overall take on it. We'll dive deeper, you know, into the smaller parts, but overall, it, it was just, it was just a mess. Uh, let me ask you before um, we talk about the game itself. Let's let's rewind back to the to the pregame. Um, when you saw the lineup, what was your first thought? Because we knew there wasn't going to be Shakiri because we knew he got hurt internationally. Torres was questionable. I didn't know. We didn't know really whether he would play or not. And of course, Miguel Navarro was out with health and safety protocols. So, so what were your um, initial lineup impressions? I think it was fine, and actually, I think this might be you know another hot take, but um, I was actually kind of glad to see Shakiri not you know the starting lineup. I mean, you know, get well soon, Shakiri. But um, I mean that in a way it's like let's see how the fire would you know perform without you know their star man and. You know, despite me calling it was a mess, and it was a mess, but they performed adequately. It was just really sloppy. Um, yeah, I, I was more thinking about Ivanov over Herbers, right? Because Ivanov wasn't really great when he was playing initially, and Fabian Herbers, obviously, he comes in and, and has immediate impact and scores the goal. Um, do you think anything is different with the team if they start Herbers over Avenoff? Um, or is that just 
too in the weeds even for for us i think it's i think it's the latter because i think herbers you know as much as i rate the guy i think he's now more of a you know that cleanup player whether it's going to score a goal or just clean up the mess I think, you know, starting Herbers, I mean, I would have said differently in the beginning of the season, but I think starting Herbers at this, you know, at this stage would be, would really be ineffective. I think you just let Ivanov do his thing, run around like a headless chicken and, um, you know, just have Herbers, you know, clean that up. And I think, you know, Ivanov running like a headless chicken has its perks, you know, against, you know, as, as you would like to say, a bunch of bum teams like DC United. But I think, you know, nothing. I, I, I don't think Safari would have won if, you know, Herbers have started, would have started. Here's the thing. Um, I think you're right. And I think I'm thinking too much about it. I think, I think I'm still sort of thinking about this team as if they were good. And, like, these minute sort of differences between winning and losing when you're a good team, you know, sort of make sense to talk about. But they don't really make sense in a last-place team. Because I I do still think this team is... I mean, they're clearly better than the record show. And I actually don't think the game was this, that sloppy exactly. I mean, I, I, I think thought I thought in person. Sure, maybe pro- that's probably over like the TV, but seeing in person because I was like focusing, like dead set, and I, I could see you know the little minute details. Maybe that's you know from my point of yeah, view. Yeah, I thought it was it, sloppy. You know, it's hard to see things that you know, but on the ball, um, I thought the midfield was good. I thought Brian Gutierrez stepped up a level he stepped up when he needed to every scoring opportunity the fire had in the first half brian gutierrez was involved in the play if not making the pass but making the pass to the guy that made the pass or you know he had 40 percent of the fires shots on goal with two of them out of the the five they had so for me, I thought Brian Gutierrez proved to me that, you know, he's the first guy off the bench or he's starting if Shakiri isn't. And I, I think as a fan base and as an organization, that's a good bit of information to have because I think that... Um, you know, as these things go, you know, Shakiri probably isn't the long-term solution here. And it is Brian Gutierrez. Um, and uh, I feel comfortable with him being in the number 10. You know, he's still 18, so obviously there are still improvements in his game that need to be made. Uh, he needs to shoot. He needs to figure out how to finish better. And he needs to get a little bit stronger because there were times where he had the ball with his back to goal and let himself get swarmed by defenders, which is really the only good thing DC United did all game was, you know, use their 
essentially four central midfielders and clog it up. Um, but that's why, you know, Ivanov and, and Mueller were able to, to get so much space out wide is because, you know, like I said in the preview of the game, um, the Fire are going to have much of their success when, when they get the ball out wide in spaces because of the three center back setup that DC United has. Um, so uh, I was right there, and that's basically what happened. Mueller, again, was basically the best player on the pitch. The reason I didn't give him man of the match uh, yesterday in, was basically because, you know, sometimes the man of the match is the guy who scored. And that was Fabian Herbers, although the best player on the pitch was definitely Mueller. Um, so yeah. I, 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 mean, I, 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 I get, I get why people are voting him man of the match and I get why, um, he got the award, but you know, Fabian Herbers won them, won them the game ultimately. So that's why I gave it to Herbers. Um, okay. It's your turn now. Talk, talk to me about Brian Gutierrez and, and Chris Mueller. How, how different did it look from my perspective watching it TV versus being there? I think with Gutierrez, I, you know, I've, I've always rated him, you know, since day one, not because, you know, we share one of our last names, but, um, um, no, he, he I think he's going to be the future, you know, 10 for the club, or, I mean, he actually is, you know, the club's number 10 at the moment. And, you know, I, I think later on, you know, Ezra should lay down the law sometimes on Shakiri and, you know, bench the guy, but, you know, that's near neither here or there, but, I mean, going back to Gutierrez, I do agree that he needs to finish better. And he also needs to learn how to pass the ball because there were moments, I mean, where Mueller was, you know, wide open. And it's great that, you know, Gutierrez is taking the shot. You know, I want to see that confidence out of the kid. But at the same time, you also have to think about the team. I'm not saying he's selfish. He's, you know, I don't think he's a selfish type of player. But just learn how to pass the ball, you know, when there's obviously someone right there within scoring distance. I don't know. I think it was within, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't take notes during the game. It's kind of hard to, like, bring a notebook to Soldier Field, but um, especially, you know, when you're out in the stands. But I think it was sometime in the first half where Mueller was on the, just trying to think, on the... He was on the left. He was on the left hand side. He was in the first half, coming towards yeah. the south end. And then, and then Gutierrez just you know shot the ball, which you know, like I said, go for it. But when there's someone there, regardless if it's Mueller, Shabilko, or you know Ivanov, then just pass the ball. I mean, your time will come eventually. But that's it. I honestly don't think he saw him. His head was down the entire time. He was just going for goal. The entire time, no, I, don't, I, don't, but I don't think you saw him. But um, you know, there are, there are other instances like that, and they're few and far between. But that's just a small little observation. It's probably more of a nitpick, because, like I said, I mean, he's a great kid. He's he's gonna grow up to become, you know, and I will say this probably a fire legend if he you know stays with the club. But you know, just I guess just work on your finishing. But then yeah, the others are just nitpicks. Yeah. Um, the other player I want to bring up is Gaston Jimenez. 
Because if you look at his numbers, he had a, actually a very excellent game. He was one of the best players on the field. And I keep getting Twitter messages saying how bad he is. And it's... It, I don't... You, you, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is... And I'm genuinely asking this to our audience. Maybe they'll put it on, they'll add us on Twitter or at the hotcast or um, comment on the, the, the thing. But what are your expectations for Gaston Jimenez versus what he's doing? Because what he's doing is having a 90% pass completion percentage, keeping controlling or controlling the tempo of the game um and making sure the fire have the ball and i say oh go ahead i'm sorry like, like like and and by the way he's basically stopped having those defensive lapses that he had early on in the season that we were yelling about rightly so by the way but he's tracking back. He's playing defense. He doesn't lose his mark on set pieces. Um, I, what do you want from him? I know he's a designated player, but he's a designated player who's he's a he's a DP number. He's a number six, right? So, like, what what do you want him to do? Like, what are your expectations of him? I, I think that's it. I think it's because he's a DP. I mean, I. I still think, you know, he's an above-average player. I don't think he... I mean, yeah, he does his job, but, you know, everyone should do their job regardless. But, you know, since he has that DP tag on him, you know, people just expect a little bit more, and, you know, rightfully so. Um, You know, whether their discourse is justified or not, but if he was a TAM-level player, then, you know, I think it would be fine. But, you know, since he's a DP, there's just that little extra that you know i think fans should deserve to expect especially from someone like gaston jimenez you know with someone who doesn't really have a really great reputation i mean he does in a way but you know due to his passion shenanigans it's sure. i think it's i wouldn't say justified but it's understandable that you know a lot of fans um are just you know questionable about him I don't have those questions because I I can only go by what I see on the field. And what I see on the field is a guy who very quietly oftentimes has the biggest impact on the game. Not just on the fire team, but on the game as a whole. I think teams do a lot to try and take him out of the game. Um. And it's actually very hard to do that. I think I th- basically what I'm saying is I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. And sometimes he'll have a stinker of a game, but like we've been dealing with Sheridan Shakiri stinkers for the entire season. Right. So if he has one bad game in a string of 10 and Shakiri has five bad games in a row, I'd rather have guessed on Jimenez than Sheridan Shakiri, frankly. I mean, like I said, I think it's just that baggage that, you know, guessed on Jimenez just has right now. I mean, I'm 
Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be, you know, you know, would warm up to him if, you know, he has this redemption arc. I mean, um, I I thought he was an above average player. I still think he is, but you know, he's, he's slowly getting, you know, he's slowly redeeming himself. I mean, I don't hate the guy. I don't, you know, care for the guy, but I, I can see why, you know, a lot of fans are disappointed. Do you think, um, do you think it'll get better? Because you mentioned like maybe it'll get better if he starts redeeming himself and stuff. But like, he's not going to score goals. He's not like it's not going to happen on the stat sheet unless you're looking at, you know, advanced quote unquote advanced numbers like pass completion percentage or or something. He had like the third highest xg plus x assists. behind um Mueller and someone else in the game like he was the third most impactful player on the fire scoring goals or uh, scoring attempts so like he had a really good game and I'm still getting tweets about how he's bad and how he shouldn't be there and I'm like what game are you watching I think I think he'll shine if he plays by himself. And I think this also goes back to, you know, my little sporadic rants about, you know, playing essentially two number six in the back. I think if you put Jimenez there by himself, he can do his job. And, you know, I think he'll stand out more. What do you... Okay, let's let's move on because I think we've exhausted the Jimenez. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we, I, you know... I don't know what more I can say about it. You wanted to talk about Wyatt Elmsburg. Um, So the floor is yours. I thought he played okay. I mean, I I don't want to talk about the the defender I had the most problem with was, was really Boris Sekulic, who's had a bad couple of games. And it's disappointing in that he was generally a solid defender we know his weaknesses are his 1v1 defending um but he's good going forward and he's good at reading and disrupting plays um and and you know getting in passing lanes and stuff um but he really um disappointed me and on uh on saturday um but but yeah, on the defense, what uh, you got thoughts and feelings? No, I, I just I just wanted to give a shout out to you know Omsberg and you know Seashows. I mean, they're on par as always. I mean, I I conti- I want to continue giving them shout outs because it's it's a complete one eighty from you know the previous season. So. I just want to give more credit and more credits too. I mean, of course, you know, going back to Sekulich for a bit. Um, yeah, I I think you know he had an okay game. I mean, borderline almost being a stinker. Um, I think he was just getting a little bit too cocky at times. But then again, you know, this is a DC United side. I guess he should just be more careful, really. I, I don't really have any, you know, thoughts or opinions on on Sekulich at this moment. Does it worry you that Olmsberg had to come out late? 
that he looked to injure his foot or his ankle and based on how he was reacting um it 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 seemed to have been pretty bad yes and no i mean i know pineda could fill in that role well and yes because you know Pineda could also do so much. You know, he doesn't have that, you know, link-up experience with C-Shows, so it's probably going to take a game or two to, you know, adjust together, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you, I, know, I know it's quiet right now. It's it's just that, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Um, I don't think, I don't... I mean, sure, Pineda can play there. Great. I don't think Carlos Tehran's... He's been really disappointing to me every time I've seen him. I don't know if him playing with Shikos changes anything in that regard. No, because, you know, Seashos is, you know, he's been super, but now, like, let's say if Tehran has to play beside him, he basically has to be two guys out there because he has to cover Tehran a lot. Sure. Um... I'm by that. Do you think, staying on a, a similar defensive note, Navarro will probably be back. He probably just needs a negative test, and, and he'll be back training, so he'll probably play against Houston on Saturday. Um, what do you what do you think about Sekulich? Like we like we said, he 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 was pretty poor overall against DC. Do you think do you think we should give Espinosa another look or are we sort of hoping that he gets his mind right and, and plays better against Houston? I mean, I, I, I would probably lump in, you know, Espinosa with Tehran, who aren't really that quite there yet. And I'd rather trust a, you know, a shaky Sekulich over, you know, Espinosa at this point. As, as bad as that sounds, I mean, I just, you know, if there are, you know, two, you know, defensive players that I really don't trust. It's, you know, Tron and Espinoza. Um, I, I don't think, you know, they're MLS level at this moment or at all at times. Um, let's. What about you? About... I mean, Oh yeah, no, I agree with you totally. Um, Let's talk about one more thing before we move on to some of the stuff we missed over our hiatus that we should probably talk about, if only to get it out there so we can say we talked about it. Casper uh, Shabilko didn't score, had the assist on the Herbers goal, um, did a lot of the hard work stuff, but, you know, missed a couple of easy chances um how do you think he did and and because they're creating chances to score but you know the guy up top's just not doing it so what do you do here i think a few of those chances were headers right maybe he just needs to grow a few more inches (laughs) or Um, get a few more a few more inches on his vertical yeah um he did fine. I, yeah, I, I really don't have any, you know, strong opinions on that matter. It's a part, you know, he, 
he did what he had to do. Um, I think he played a very, you know, bearish game today, but in a good way. So... Yeah, he. I, I, I saw him come out, end up out wide. But, but the thing about the reason why I got so upset at Robert Barrich for doing it is because he always seemed to do it, and it, it was just like random times that he was out wide away from, you know, the center forward spot where he needs to be. But with Shabilko, it feels like it happens during the run of play because Ezra plays a little bit more of a dynamic attack. Whereas um, Panovic and, um, you know, uh, Wiki wanted to play a little bit more rigid, like this is your position, this is where you have to go, and and Barrett would go chasing the game when he really shouldn't have. But um, with Hendrick, with Ezra, it, it feels like the team has a little bit more freedom of movement. So, like, you'll see Barrich come down, but someone else moves into his spot. So, like, be, because of that movement that exists within the team, I, am, I don't really have much of a problem with Shabilko, you know, finding, wide, finding space out wide. Plus, um, because he is who he is in his reputation, he clears out defenders and, like, and you get things like that back heel to Miller. Do you did you do you recall that 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 cheeky little back heel that he gave that that drove Miller up the touchline and and it ended with a um, blocked shot, I believe. On I'm a trying to remember, back. I think that was in the second. It was in the second second half. half. Um, yeah, partially. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was really good. So. I think Robert Bear, I, or not Robert Barrett, I think <laughs> Casper Shabilko played well, but he does have to finish those. And if he doesn't, you know, both John Duran and, and Chinoso for have shown that they can finish those. Um, Maybe Duran. So, well, I mean, that's that's how O four scored though, right? O four yeah. couple of goals this season have been, you know, headers and stuff. Um, so I think, uh, I think that could be something. I think they could do something. And I'm, uh, I'm unenthused about the win, but happy about the result. And hopefully, because I don't know, have you seen the fires schedule? Uh, the yeah. next four or five games, it's basically a bunch of bums in Philadelphia, right? It's, you know, San Jose, Houston, Columbus, Toronto. You know, and that takes us uh, to, uh, you know, and then they play Seattle on the 16th. And then uh, they play Vancouver on the 23rd. And then I go on vacation and hopefully I'll be back for the Atlanta game. But uh, so I'll have to write all my stuff Sunday night and post it you know throughout the week um so there will not be a podcast on the 24th so 
let that be known. Um, all right, let's move on from the match and talk a bit about some of the stuff that happened. Um, while we were gone, I already wrote and said what I had to say about the Arlo White Live Golf Saudi Arabian Sports Fund situation. It's on the website. Uh, it's not hard to find. If you haven't heard what I've had to say about it, um, you can you can go read it. Um, RJ, what are your thoughts on the matter? I'm just disappointed. I mean, I I didn't put Arlo White on a high pedestal as a lot of folks did. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a great commentator. I mean, that's. That's about it, to be quite honest, I mean, for me. But I think it's disappointing that, you know, such an influential... I mean, I'll say, yeah, he is influential in, you know, in the Premier League space and, you know, and elsewhere. Um, that he, he's basically, you know, sport-washing. It's, it's disappointing, especially, you know, I mean... A lot of countries have done bad, but Arlo White is a journalist, you know, first and foremost. I mean, he should know. He should know better. It's especially because also as me, I, I graduate in journalism. It, it kind of, and I, I'm not, you know, saying other things are, you know, on this level or that level. It's it's just that that, that incident, you know, that that could happen basically anyone in our field. The incident, by the way, the the brutal murder and uh, yeah butchery of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. I mean, to put it politely, <laughs> um, yeah, I and. I don't, I don't think the fire, I mean, I, I know they have, you know, better optics than previous seasons, but it seems like right now they're just, they're just trying to ignore all of that. And that's also, you know, disappointing in that regards because they've built a lot of goodwill, you know, in these previous seasons, you know, despite the results out in the field, the fire have done a lot of good, you know, outside the field. And just by sticking with, you know, someone who actively participates in sport washing, then, you know, what What else is, you know, the fire trying to hide or, you know, I'm not trying to say they're, you know, hiding anything else. But um, what I'm saying is it's like, what else would the fire do just to, you know, keep someone, you know, of such stature just because, you know, they, they just have that reputation. And I sure. think, you know, I'd rather have some, you know, some rando, you know, commentate than someone who you know is backed by a regime basically um and i like tyler terrence i think he does a good job he's fine i mean i'll say that so and, and, but, i mean they're, they're yeah. both fine it's next year it doesn't matter because uh oh i i have some words about that yeah i i figured you might uh mls in case you don't know have signed a deal f- 
for next year, and it is with Apple TV. Here, here's the Cliff Notes version of the deal. For a fee, we don't know what it is. You get every game, no blackouts on Apple TV, which is great. Not, I mean... not Apple TV Plus. This is a separate thing from Apple TV Plus. That's that's that is the big thing for me. I'm gonna let you talk first because I want to know what you have to say. I'm actually curious. I mean, I bought an HD antenna just to watch the fire, <laughs> but from from a regional, like from a. I guess the cities, or I don't even know how to explain it, but WGN and sports, they're they're basically one in one. It, I don't know. I think it's more of like a personal connection at this point. Like I, I know like the pluses of Apple TV. That's going to reach so many folks out there. I mean, you don't need to own an Apple device, you know, to have access to Apple TV. You need and, an Apple ID though. Yeah, but... That's that's just you know another login. I'm not you know saying it's great or but anyway, it's it's disappointing because you know that's that's basically the end of sports for WGN, more or less. I don't know. They could get in on the Red Stars or the Sky. Yeah, that's true. I don't or see them. Maybe know, maybe that, maybe the Bulls or the White Sox or the Cubs again. Well, but, Cubs, but but yeah, yeah. I, I understand you know the league and the team going forward with Apple TV. Well, the, but... the team had nothing to do with it. This is a league thing. It, it basically this is, is yeah. all of the teams losing their local broadcasts. Yeah, but I don't know. At, at least for me, it's disappointing through a you know more of a personal connect. I'm pretty sure you can relate to what I'm saying. About oh yeah, it. no question. Yeah, it's it's. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, WGN's viewership of the Fire Games were, you know, minuscule com- compared to actually, you know, the actual streaming services. But there's just something just, there's just something great about, you right. know, just popping on to WGN, you know, watching, you know, a sports game, Plus, regardless of what it is. There are a lot of concerns about this, about um, what about games in bars? And, you know, watch parties with uh, supporters groups. Because, like, you know, America's a big country. You can't travel to every away game. So you get together at a restaurant or a bar and, and watch the game together. It's a community thing. We know that a lot of services like this make you make restaurants and bars purchase separate licensing. But can, like, someone just bring their Apple TV to a bar and, and put the game on? Like, is that a thing you could do? Like, I mean, we, I... we don't know. They, these are things we don't know. And I don't know if they if the people doing the deal had even thought about this. And these are questions that need to be answered. Uh, I just I just looked it up. There's no Apple TV on the App Store or on the Play Store. No. Um, uh, if you watch it on Android, you have to watch it through the browser. Oh. 
But everything else has an app. Like my TV has an app. That's how I watch the White Sox when they're on Friday Night Baseball. Um, they've got an app. Um, you know, you can obviously watch it on a computer through their browser. And of course, all the Apple stuff has the the access to it. Um, I sort of, I've sort of accepted it as obviously I have to. I wasn't a big fan, but not really because of the deal. Like, if you look at the deal in a vacuum, it's great, right? Mm-hmm. Pay a flat fee. No. It's basically MLS Live without um, without a blackout restriction. And as a longtime MLS Live subscriber, before they went to ESPN+, Plus, it was like $100 a year or something. Um, but I, I just hate Apple as a company. I hate their anti-repair anti-upgrade policies i hate how they design their products to be function or form over function like you know that they have to undervolt and underclock their cpus because they don't have enough cooling in their computers to you know, make them work properly. Um, you know, th- stuff like that bothers me about, you know, that sort of stuff. The fact that, you know, like I said, they're anti-right to repair, stuff like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of Apple, but in a vacuum, the deal is good. I just I just wish it wasn't with Apple. I, I sort of wish that MLS would sort of go it alone and... and offer this themselves first party i think they will eventually i i think after the world cup they will eventually well they can't this is a they're locked in for 10 years without well well, after after the 20 (laughs) i can't do math right now 2033 2033 there you go but um you know you know overall i think this is good for the league, but you know, from a personal and I, I'm pretty sure, you know, other people in other cities relate. I don't know what their equivalent to WGN is, but you know, somewhere out there, their cities, WGN is, you know, they have that, you know, connection to that, you know, like what we have that connection to. And I think it's just sad that just another part of, you know, the city's, you know, history in a way is just going away. I, I know it was a small, you know, tidbit in that you know that long history of you know sports on wgen but you know it was there it was a good two years while it was there yeah but i, I forgot what i was gonna say i mean i'm leaving something. Him, by the way yeah no go ahead <laughs> we'll uh, do um do live last thing uh there was a report in pro publica about the cha that was the other scandal that happened during the uh, break. But this one is sort of like the fire are involved in it, but they are not the cause of it. The CHA selling land to businesses where they should be building, you know, affordable housing. Um, do you have any thoughts on the fire's involvement in this? Mm. Other than it's, I want to, I want to say, like, no, I, like, I want, I think it was very unfortunate because you know it's not only the fire but other you know yeah, organizations I mean, are implicated. Target, I think it's more that target yeah. 
you know, in the near north side that's there was a CHA property and there are a couple of other things too. I think it's more of a city thing. And, you know, if you look at their previous track records with, you know, a lot of affordable housing, especially, you know, um, in the 90s and early 2000s, if you know what they've done to like displace so many, you know, folks, I mean, just go down the Dan Ryan and you'll, you'll see, you know, right, a bunch exactly. of empty lots, but um, we can, that's another, I wouldn't want to call it rabbit hole, but you know, since that's, I would probably say a dis- like disingenuous term, but it, it kind of is another rabbit hole that I don't think would be right for us to go down in this episode. Otherwise, you know, yeah, we'd probably need to do a bunch of research and dedicate a whole thing to it. Right. But I, I I think I would probably say, blame it on the city. I mean, yeah, the fire has a part in it, but it's mostly the city. Yeah. I would, I would tend to agree. I I said 60, 40 blame goes to the city for the fire. Could say no to the deal and just not do it. Or, um, their other out to come out looking good is to build the training facility and build affordable housing. Yeah. Or, you know, that, that spot, you know, the former Tribune publishing place instead of a casino, just put it there. No, the casino is going there. I know. And it's just, it's disappointing. It's a little, it's a little depressing. As someone who finds casinos inherently depressing places, have you ever been in an empty casino? Once in Wisconsin, that was just to use a washroom. <laughs> right. But I mean, like, have you ever, like, I went to cash a betting ticket, a sports betting ticket at Rivers at like two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday, just because I was out there and. It was. I was in the area, so and I had the ticket with me, so I might as well just go cash it in. It's incredibly depressing. You know, and it's it's just going to cause more problems. Like regardless of that, regardless of like the location of that casino, whether it's like north side, west side, south side. I mean, it's it's just going to cause so. It's again, you know, there's 60% minority hiring promise and, and all the things they promise to get it done. And, and it becomes a boon to the community, but I've seen walking tall. It's a casino though. I mean, there's, it's, I mean, yeah, you, you can, it'll give like a billions and billions in revenue, but at, at what expense? I mean, it's just going to cause problems. It's going to create more problems. Well, it's supposed it's to harbor be a, problems. It's supposed to be a tourist trap, right? It's a casino, though. At the end of the day, I mean, right. there's a football stadium there. You know, would have been a tourist trap. I guess I, I like if there's an actual poker room, then there might be some interest in there for me. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm, when I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a poker player. So. Yeah, when 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 the fire finally get there. Uh, stadium they can have a and they can have an esports and poker room for you and yeah i just want a racing team or i I just want to race i know i know you want you want a racing team i'll settle for car sponsorship i i want a track i know we're you know forgive us there is there is that that nascar is gonna run a street race downtown (laughs) no 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 this is my envision like 
I don't know where, but you know, stadium. You can have your poker room, you can have your esports lounge, but you know, surrounding the stadium is a track. You know, they almost built Austin's new stadium inside in the Circuit of the Americas infield. Yeah, I remember. I remember like reading some tidbit about that. I mean, it doesn't have to be like Monaco or whatever. It's just like a track. You know, Chicago can also be, you know, a world-class racing city. It doesn't have to rely on that. Uh, Where was it? I think it's somewhere in the southern suburbs, right? Juliet. That racetrack. Yeah, there you go. Juliet. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Road America is in Elkhart Lake. It's not far from here. Yeah, but. And know, Road, America is, Road America is one of the great racetracks of the world. Yeah, well. It's in basically every racing sim that's worth their salt. But something at least within the city. So, so you know, I can play in a, my racing sims. But, you know, that's where, like I said, it's been two weeks. So forgive us if you're still here with us. Yeah, thank you for sticking um, around for 45 minutes of nonsense. I think that will do it. I'm going to end it here uh, on this week's episode because... Uh, racetrack yeah the racetrack thing and on that note uh thank you for listening you can find us on twitter at the hotcast e uh don't email us um i still have that in the outro and you can delete it uh you can find me on twitter at rubitish you can find him on twitter at rga underscore zero two um that is it you can uh, rate review on itunes help with the discovery of uh, new people listening to the show helps us out a lot Uh, and uh, you can download it on wherever fine podcasts are downloaded except stitcher because it just hates us (laughs) it hates me personally uh anyway that'll do it we will see you next week when the fire after the fire take on the Houston Dynamo as Google doesn't understand the things I'm saying uh, anyway I'm leaving that at two. we will see you next week bye everybody see ya